Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. Hey, Alex. Happy New Year. How you happy doing? Happy New Year. Doing very well. What are you up to? Woohoo! Yeah, getting back in it, you know, because it's, wow. It's How was it 2019 already? I know. Uh, 2018 went really, really fast. And yeah. um, I'm excited for a new year, though. I am, too. So New Year's resolutions. People always talk about them. Do you actually do New Year's resolutions? I always try to. Um, I, I have professional resolutions, and those manage to last me the whole year. Okay. It's the personal stuff that's difficult. Like if there is a, if I have a weight loss resolution, I'm always strong for a couple of months, and then I fall off. I don't know what the deal is. It's hmm. very difficult for me. Yeah, I gave up on resolutions a few years ago. I just, just gave up on just them. Just gave up on them. I decided, you know, if I'm going to decide and set my mind to do something, I don't need to only do that on December 31st or wait till January 1st. Just I'm going to set my mind to it and I'm going to go do it. And I think it's that delay. And it's I think we just build up so much pressure around this thing that eventually the pressure is like the personal things. Sure. If you're not really tied to the why it's so important to you, then it will just go away from you. Build up this pressure to like, oh, I made this thing for January 1st. And what happens if I miss one day? And then once you miss one day, then you miss a week and then you miss a month. And then it's like. That's, that's Fritos a good point. for everyone. That's a good Fritos for everyone. <laughs> it's all just a social construct, anyway. That's it, it that's is. Bobby's philosophy. I I think it is, and I and I'm boycotting resolutions. That's Ooh, my. There we go. Well, no, I get it. I right? get it. Well, so a lot's happened since our last episode. There's been a whole year past. A whole year has passed. Wow. <laughs> We're through the holidays. We can finally get back to selling. Uh, yes, finally get back to selling because you took Christmas off. Yeah. So a lot's happened since we talked last time. We had the KCRAR holiday party and installation, and we had a bunch of great award winners. Probably we should probably give them a little bit of recognition. Well, I think we should. Yeah. A, a good friend of, I think, both of ours is Rick Bradford, and he was a realtor of the year. That's right. I believe he's in Leadership Academy with you as well, right? He is. Awesome. Awesome guy and very involved, and, and he... He just, he's an awesome, awesome representative of our profession. And then Shannon Stumpenhouse for Salesperson of the Year. Yeah, she's amazing. If you've not followed her career, stop what you're doing right now. Go find her on Facebook and start stalking her. And whatever she does in her business, that's what you need to be doing in your business. She's doing amazing things. And our affiliate of the year is Mark Emmerich, and we see him at everything. I, I don't think he has a house. I he's think he just, just goes to affiliate events. He just he's goes every, to he's all of our things. Literally everything. <laughs> like I, I see him even out of state sometimes. I go to like national events and I'm like, you're here too? So there's, he is <laughs> definitely awesome. deserving of the Affiliate of the Year Award. He is. And an awesome newcomer, Julie Horseman. So interesting fun fact about Julie. So we were at the Intercontinental down in the ballroom. Back in September, we'd had our Missouri Realtor Association meetings. We were down in that exact same room, that exact same ballroom. Um, The Women's Council of Realtors for Missouri gave out awards. And Julie Horseman won the Newcomer of the Year for WCR as well. So that's her Newcomer of the Year good luck room. She needs to always be in that room. The Intercontinental is her good luck charm. And then we have Susie Gale, who won the Community Service Award. That's so awesome. It is. so proud of her and everything that she's doing. I'm proud of our whole association. It's pretty great that we've got um, such such awesome people within our profession around here. Yeah, we're doing okay. So 
What were your uh, favorite parts of what was going on there at the at the installation and the party? Of course, we got to hear Steve Moyer give his speech. We, we did. Yeah, which he was, did a good job. He did a very good job. We all thought he'd fall flat on his face, but no, we he did, did not. No, we didn't. We did not. No, and we didn't. How many people were wearing bow ties? Exactly. That everybody was wearing bow ties, and then the pictures all over social media, and those that weren't in the know were like, "Why do you have a bow tie?" If you don't know Steve Moyer, he always has a bow tie on. Maybe not always, but it sure seems like he always has a bow tie on. Do you think he wears one in the shower? Well, I don't know about always. Okay, okay calm down, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> but but it does most of the time. It, it's I think it's kind of a weird effect though, because if you see somebody wearing a bow tie once, right. I feel like you have it ingrained in your head that that person is always wearing a bow tie. It's very possible that I only saw Steve wearing a bow tie like two or three times in mm-hmm. 2018, but for some reason in my head, he always has a bow tie on. It's like that one picture of FDR with the bow tie. I just feel like, and I've called, in fact, I've called Steve FDR mm-hmm. a couple of times just, just to give him a hard time. Of that, see. Yeah. See, and here's the thing. I think if Steve walked in, which he's going to here very shortly, we're oh. going to be able to find out, spoiler alert, Steve Moyer is showing up, is that if he showed up in a regular tie, I think I might have a heart attack. Like, who are you and what have you done with Steve Moyer? Because <laughs> that would just be really awkward and weird. <laughs> he's got to so. come in with jeans and a t-shirt and we're going to oh, be God, very confused. No, that would, yeah, the whole thing. Like, if he were just <laughs> even to dress down, I wouldn't know how to deal with that. That just wouldn't work very well in my brain. We've got something coming up here in a couple of months that we should probably talk about. Oh, I guess. Yeah, we're just probably about eight weeks out from it now. Wow, this time is just flying right on by. So uh, one of everyone's favorite annual KCRAR, or as I like to say, KCRAR, get that (laughs) out of your head now, um, is Recharge. And that's going to be Thursday, February 28th um, from 8 to 1. And you know our speakers. I do know our speakers. I am friends with our speakers. They are awesome. But spoiler alert, we're changing the venue this year, guys. I know we've had it at the Sheridan, at the Crown Center for the last couple of years. This year, we're going to take it out to the Sheridan over in the Overland Park area. So all you North people, it's going to be worth your drive. They've got better restaurants out here anyway, so it's fine. Come on down. So um, our keynote speaker is going to be Stefan Swanepoel. Um, he does the power report and the trends. Those of you who did the read the danger report that came out from the National Association a few years ago, he was behind that. Um, he was our consultant on that. I was on the um, National Association Strategic Thinking Advisory Committee, and we were the part of the group that put that report out at the time. So, um, Stefan, just a wealth of knowledge. If you haven't read the danger report, read the danger report. It's still valid as much valid today as it was back when it was put out in 2015 or 2016. I've lost track of years at this point. (laughs) I can't even do anything. Um, And he's going to be talking about real estate trends and what the future looks like in technology with real estate. And Jimmy Mackin, he's going to be our other one. He's going to be talking about the state of digital marketing. Um, He's one of the founders of Curator, which if you've been around Facebook at all, um, he's partners with Chris Smith. And um, they've done some really, really cool things around um, technology and digital marketing and all of that. So he'll do a really, really great job. And then we're going to have our vendor expo that everybody gets really, really excited about walking around from booth to booth and getting the freebies. Let's be honest. We all like the freebies we get at the expo booth. So, all right. What else do we have going on? Oh, let's see. Um, hmm. We talked about Steve being president. Andrea's stepping down. and Andrea Sheridan is no longer president. She gets her life back. She doesn't have gavels anymore. She doesn't have to write presidential newsletters. And she has these really fancy um, tennis shoes that Kip got her as her present. Now, don't, don't, while she's stepping down, don't you have to, aren't you stepping up a little bit? 
Just barely. It's just like a half barely, step. Like a half I'm step. I'm just president-elect. I'm just there in case Steve gets shot, really. I'm just the backup <laughs> president. I really don't have... I've gone morbid today. It's fine. It's all good. I think we it should really bring is, Steve in now I, on I that do note. I totally think we, we should bring Steve in. Except we didn't get our Bobby's I, book bit. I won't... Oh, oh, Bobby's book bit. Yes. Do you want Bobby's book bit? Well, we can just totally skip it today because it's probably time for Steve to be here anyway. So uh, we'll just skip Bobby's book bit. I'll sure. bring it back another time. It's a good one. You guys will like it. Well, I think that it's time for us to bring in Steve Moyer. Uh, let's let's bring him in. And what are we going to talk about with Steve? Being presidential. Sounds great. All right. I like it. Hey, Alex. Hey, Bobby. Do you know why I love KCRER as much as I do? Why? It's because we are just completely customer-oriented association. Did, did you see what just happened just a little bit ago? Mm, remind me. Okay, so so we were between sessions, and Kip Cooper comes walking by, and I'm like, hey, Kip, you got any cake? And he's like, hang on. And he comes back, and he brings me this amazing cupcake with a big gumball on top. Kip, I, you're kind of in trouble with me right now. Right, because you didn't get a cupcake, but you didn't ask for a cupcake. Mm. I did. I should for cake. Ask and you shall receive. Exactly. So, you know, we just have an amazing association that supports us in everything that we do. Well, if we want to keep that kind of uh, (laughs) thing up. Right. I I mean, I feel like we need to make sure that we show our association that we support them. Yes, just like they support us. One, a little bit ago, the the Professional Development Committee had asked about a podcast. And and lo and behold, KCRAR has delivered. Um, and so if you appreciate the podcast and, and you feel like you're getting a lot of value out of it, please hit subscribe. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. If and you like us. If you like us. If you don't like us, don't do anything. Just don't listen then. Right. Right? You can always choose not to listen. <laughs> and then we're going to need you to um, follow us on SoundCloud. That would be really awesome if you could do that. And then tell all your friends on your Facebook, your chaps of snap your installators all of those i'm gonna need you to go tell everybody all about listening to us and how amazing we are but if you hate us again just pretend like this didn't even happen <laughs> right sounds great subscribe now steve you're not wearing a bow tie no not today i I'm sorry if I disappoint anyone. <laughs> we just had this conversation. You've got a pocket square in. I do. Always so you're something still, silk. That's good. Always something silk. We'll go no further than that. Is there a reason for that? Is there a well, philosophical it, reason for the for the silk principle? Steve Moyer's silk principle? Um, it just feels like I've almost got a tie on, but not quite. Okay. Mm, I like it. I like it. It's just the, the tie got relocated over to the side mm-hmm. as opposed to being in the center because for the record he's not wearing a bow tie or a tie in general because i talked about passing out if he would have had an actual tie he just has the pocket square so everyone can get the good visual of steve right i now. did have to wake bobby back up off the floor after she passed out but we're, i did we're good yeah, we're yeah, fine I'm, now i'm fine we're good and you still look dapper you well extremely. you show up with a tie on they think you're either running for something or you're like uh some type of law enforcement. When so you're already right. president, you're not running for anything anymore. Right. He's done. He's done, done running for I'm forever. I'm coasting. You're coasting, coasting at this point. <laughs> Here it is, January 2nd, and I'm coasting. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so what's happening? What, what What is your plan for 2019 for KCRAR? 
you know, stay out of the way of the people that do such a wonderful job. Um, mm -hmm. What's exciting is we'll be doing a new strategic plan. So, you know, just do my part with that and uh, preside. So, you know, that's what presidents do. They preside over. So <laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> I like it. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel to officially be installed as president, to have that regal title in front of your name? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's fairly serious. Mm -hmm. I got, you know, you, we go through the installation and everybody was so kind and generous and, um, you know, I take it fairly seriously, but I just don't take myself seriously. So self-deprecating humor comes naturally right. to me, <laughs> but no, I look forward to it. Uh, we've got a great board. We have yeah. so many wonderful volunteers. The staff is absolutely incredible. Um, so, you know, what I don't like is, is all the pomp and circumstance and everybody is so polite. I wish mm -hmm. they treat me as I deserve to be treated <laughs> with a little less reference. But other than that, no, it's pretty exciting. Do we have any specific goals for 2019? I, I really don't. I, I have nothing that I think needs to be done. I think uh, we did a wonderful job, we being the association, three years ago with the strategic plan. Uh, I think we, need, we stay on track. We keep doing what we're doing. Um, I'm kind of all about professionalism. I'm all about doing what we need to do to keep this profession the respected profession that it is and not let it decline in any way. So I'm using my hands, which probably isn't all that important during a <laughs> radio broadcast. Mm -hmm. But uh, There's hidden cameras we didn't tell you about, good, though, so it's all good. good. Mm -hmm. Is my hair okay? Yeah, it's perfect. perfect. It's lovely. It's yeah. okay. Good luck for you. The headphones are kind of messing it up a little well, bit, but it'll be okay. I don't I don't know. Know. Heavy hairspray. <laughs> it'll take care of it. So when we were at the, the installation and the holiday party and you were up on stage, what were you thinking up there? And were you surprised by all the bow ties? Well, it, what ran through my mind was I was going to step out and ask everyone with a bow tie to stand and then put their hands together with a stupid smile and clap like those <laughs> old wind-up monkeys. <laughs> but it was too serious. And, I've, you know, and after <laughs> Rob and I messed the whole thing up and performed our one stooge short of a routine, mm -hmm. um, I, no more humor was required. Actually, it was. it seemed... Perfect, actually. <laughs> I, I know that in the, the moment, I can only imagine the, the frustration and the fluster you were feeling on the inside, but uh, all of us sitting out there, it was, it was humorous and it was fun, <laughs> and it was like, this is life. Life happens. So thank goodness that it happens. It was like, that's not supposed to be there. That was different. <laughs> well, I had given my notes, and they were typed neatly within the material, mm -hmm. but I didn't give all the notes because I wanted to say some nice things about a few people. So I wanted that to be secret because they, the people I was speaking about were also the people that we're presenting. So I go up happily with my notes out of my pocket and then I'm done and just walk off stage and, you know, <laughs> life's good. And you had your wife there with you and your son as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a grandson? That was the whole purpose. I thought if I invited my grandson and actually my other granddaughter, they'd get a kick out of it, that mm -hmm. it'd be interesting. Well, if you saw Graydon, who is an eight-year-old, um, no, he was not getting a kick out of it. <laughs> From the time he walked in, he was wondering, what did I do wrong and why am I being punished? What is this chicken? Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. But it was nice having everybody there. So it was, it was nice. Great. Well, I know that especially uh, this year, uh, I know that the support of your uh, family is going to be really important. And I know that it always is important but with, with traveling and everything that you're going to have to do as part of your position. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that that means a lot to you. So It does. It, it, there is a fair amount of travel, and what everybody kept coming up and telling my wife was, buckle up, it's going to be a long ride. Scott Sheridan, Andrea's husband, who is a great guy, 
um, he said, you know, it's going to be a, a bumpy ride or something that effect. So we get home at night and she said, you didn't tell me about all this. So <laughs> I said, yeah, it's a lot of daytime stuff. We'll yeah. be fine. There was a reason I didn't tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a secret. It's mm-hmm. a secret society. You're not even actually supposed to even know about it until it starts happening. And then, then that's when it all goes down. It's good I'm times. Sure it'll be a fraction of what you do. You're involved at the national level, at the state yeah. level. So, you know, I'm just a, I'm kind of a local yokel just doing this gig. One of the things that you're really passionate about is professional development and mm-hmm. professional courtesies and professionalism in general. Um, what got you so passionate about that? You know, if you're going to do something, you need to do it well. Mm-hmm. And my background um, as a teacher, I started out as a fifth grade teacher, fifth and sixth grade, did that for about five years. You know, you kind of have to be serious, and so people will take you seriously. Uh, I then had a, a really nice career with Hallmark Cards, and they're kind of a button-down group of people. You mm-hmm. know, when I first started, suits and ties. So I've just always been around a high level of professional, and um, I'm lucky to be with a company that is – I think regards professionalism like all companies, but we really put a high standard on it. So it's it's um, it's just who I am. I'm a little stuffy at times, but mm-hmm. I'm comfortable. Of course, I'm part of that company, and I'm wearing light colored jeans rolled up at the cuff with a sweater and a polo on with my sunglasses hanging yeah, off the front. So Mr. Cooper would be proud. <laughs> he would. He would. Don't tell no, David. Don't tell David. You just told on yourself, so it's I all did. good. He's not gonna listen. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He. You'd be surprised. But it's comfortable stuffiness, and that's what I believe this, you there have you this, true. this ensemble is a this comfortable, is... stuffy ensemble, because you still, you still have on some very nice shoes, sir. I you do. are just not completely yeah. like in a hoodie yeah. and some jeans. Colored I mean, you're, laces, yeah, yeah, yeah that's you're, that's right. you're comfortable stuffy. <laughs> See, this is why I don't wear a bow tie all the time. See, it's people dress professionally differently than they dress professionally. You know, in the 80s and 90s. You remember the 80s? I I do. Or Alex does not. (laughs) No. No, you've read about them. I I did. Yeah. 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 And when I was in school in Mm -hmm. in about 2008, (laughs) I think I read something about the 80s one Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. They're on the radio station every once in a while. It was bad music, but that's okay. It was bad music. Enough about me. Let's move back to (laughs) professionalism. Good. Please. What do you think's happening um, in the industry right now that needs to be improved when it comes to professionalism? You know, I think it's been the complaint about real estate agents and realtors from the beginning of time that our biggest fault from a consumer standpoint is communication. Mm -hmm. So I think we get busy, and I get it. You watch the people. um, Luckily, I I don't sell, so I have a cushy job. But I watch the, the busy professionals, and as the transactions keep going, their day is filled. And it's sometimes difficult to step back and do the calls that you really would like to do to keep on top of things. Uh, I think one of our greatest tools, Dot Loop, uh, has created a lack of communication. Hmm. All too often, you get the comp- the contract ready, you fill out all the blanks, and you hit share. And uh, you forget to call and explain what the client will be signing. So I think communication is the biggest issue. Um, second to that is we have a tendency at times to bring emotion into the contracts, mm. especially during negotiations after a resolution or during resolution, mm-hmm. and there's just no place. Yeah, I think once everybody calms down and collects themselves, you have to because y- you have to get calm so that you can come to resolution. And uh, it actually is a benefit for the professionals who stay calm and don't lose their head because they're going to represent their client better and probably win in the negotiations. So. Well, I think you make up a great point is that when as the 
consummate professional, and I'm going to say that in air quotes, when we start showing emotion, and this is something that we do every single day, mm-hmm. all we're doing is instilling fear and emotion into our clients. We're going to take it to an even higher level. What, this is what we're doing every day. I'm going to have a level head with you. Now, if I want to get off the phone and go scream or throw my phone or tell my husband how silly this request is, that's what I do behind the scenes. But when I'm speaking with the consumer, when I'm speaking with the other agent, we have to let cooler heads prevail and find the win-win to move this transaction forward. And I think too often we just allow, we, we're going to bully up for our clients and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And who does that serve? No one. How do we get anything done? We don't. It it just stalls out. And oftentimes we work against our client's best interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Two things happen there as well. The emotion piece of it. And I think all too often some some of us are trying to prove desperately that we are good negotiators. But we forget that we're in charge of the process and the client is in charge of the decisions. And we don't often counsel to see how they want us to negotiate. Uh, they may have a completely different approach than what we take. So, you know, communicating goes a lot of different mm-hmm. directions. And understanding your client's uh, comfort level with negotiation and what points are important are key. Completely agree. Yeah. All great points. Right. Is there anything else in professionalism that you're really seeing an issue with that you'd like to see us address? You know, I know one of the things that keeps coming back to um, KCRER or our coming soons or our pocket listings or things like that. Do you have any opinions about that? I'm trying to think of the right word or burning <laughs> desire to talk about that or share or anything like that or any hot button topics that like fines at the MLS. People love to talk about fines through the MLS. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I, I was on the Heartland board and served as president, and I have the either proud moment or not-so-proud moment of being there when we instituted the waivers. Mm-hmm. And waivers came about quite naturally, and I think they serve a very important purpose, but they are abused from mm-hmm. time to time. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it, it, we've grown to 12,000 realtors in the city. So there's a lot of new people that just don't understand, and we need to help them and communicate with them. But, you know, I think coming soon is being abused. Um, Waivers in general are being abused. I think whenever you stay in a seller's market or a buyer's market, the pendulum swings one way or another. So we've got some behavior going on right now that I think will be cured once we get to a balanced market. It seems like we're moving into that adjustment now. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that was one of the questions that I had was, yeah. do you feel like we're going to see uh, people that are maybe abusing these things fizzling out of the market? Or what are your thoughts about how that's going to change things when the market shifts? We, we do. I, there are a number of players out there that are, I think, abusing the coming soon. And uh, we're seeing some different things in terms of the offer of compensation, how they're capitalizing on a strong seller's market. And what they forget is this is a career. This isn't just a it's, – it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And if you want to be able to represent your clients in the future, um, you need to make sure you don't alienate the co-op community. Now, we're going to show the house, and we're going to do what's right for our clients. But if you enter into a negotiation with somebody that you're suspect on their ethics mm-hmm. – um, you know, it's it's not in anybody's best interest. So we've got some of that going on. Um, I don't think we have as much that some of the coasts experience. Uh, it's like when we have clients coming from either the coast, they're amazed at how friendly everybody is. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're shocked at how nice Kansas City is anyway. Right. They didn't, I don't know what they expected, a cattle running <laughs> loose in the streets. But, you know, it, we're a nice group of people. So I think we don't see the extremes. And um, I don't know, it, it it's not as bad as what it could be. 
Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that gets lost is, yes, we're all competitors and we cooperate together at the same time. And that's one of the things that's really different about our industry that other industries don't experience. And how do we keep everyone on that same page working for the best interest and competing while we're doing that and showing that value and that difference that we have because we aren't all the same and yet we all have to play in the same sandbox. And, and it's, it's deeper than that. We not only compete in terms of when we negotiate, represent our clients, but we're daily competing for each of the members. Mm -hmm. You know, if you own a brokerage, you're trying to bring more people in and right. you want to bring good people. So mm -hmm. it, it's a, always amazed me how on one minute you could lose an agent to another office, but then you run into that managing broker or that broker owner and we're still friends. We we work together. We we meet at the association events, and there's there's very little animosity. So it's a unique industry that we can compete like that, yet move forward positively. I feel like realtor family values are pretty strong. In no, I, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. agree. And I and I think that there and I won't speak that everyone feels this way, but I feel that there's a a good core of us that run offices that we truly believe in what's best for the individual. And we recognize that every single brand brings something different to the table, that there's no one brand for everyone. And helping that person self-discover the culture and the environment and the thing that's best for them. And if it's going across the street over to you, then by golly, that's what I want for you because I want you truly to succeed because there's someone else out there the other way. And I think there's a core group of us that truly believe that. And then there's a few others that are doing their own thing, like in any industry. And that's okay. We're going to keep doing our thing. Well, I think we internalize it. You know, if you, if Bobby, you and I lose, if I were to lose somebody to your office, rather than me being angry with you or angry with the individual, I'd be reflective and say, you know, what did I do that wasn't meeting the needs? And then I'll look at my value proposition. So um, that's the only healthy way to compete right. uh, and realize we cannot be all things to all people. Yeah. There's there's a brokerage model that's appropriate for everyone. everyone. Yeah, and that's when we get into that all or none. When we start mm -hmm. getting into the absolutes, that's where you start losing me, and there's not one for any right person. Yeah. And so that's, that's why we all have to be nice together and <laughs> buy everyone Christmas presents. <laughs> the only bad thing about Christmas being over is all the presents are gone. It's lovely. <laughs> I don't know. With five grandchildren, oh, yeah. it gets to be... <laughs> It's it's five grandchildren. Yeah, it's it's a wow. full time buying presents. So Christmas and, was a busy time for you. Okay. Uh, it's crazy. It, it just is. Now you've got three of them in San Antonio, but you have to ship things down. Of course, Amazon does that for us, so That's life nice. is easier. So. Um, any birthdays thrown into the holiday season? Because that's an issue we have in our family is holiday season and birthdays. And people feel like they're overlooked or they, you know, get a double dip down the presents and all that stuff. Do you have any of those with all the five grandkids or are they spread out? Well, luckily not. They're spread out. So we don't have that to add to the stress. We between Thanksgiving and January 15th. So coming up here in a couple weeks right for our next podcast, we have seven birthdays sprinkled mm -hmm. in between the holidays. And my husband's one of those. His is the January 15th birthday, and he always feels like, I just get what's ever left over, you know. <laughs> it's very sad. It is so, it's so sad for him. He has a hard life. It's okay. Uh, it sounds mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. Is there one particular rule or maybe not a rule, but a general abuse or breach of professionalism that you feel like is really strong right now that we need to look at correcting? I would say um, it, it goes back to communication. 
Uh, I think most people get so angry when you're you're in the middle of the resolution of unacceptable conditions, and it's it's you're trying to communicate your client's wishes, and the agent on the other end only wants to text. Mm-hmm. Sure, I think texting is great. I, I I'm okay. Save some time. I, it really is, but there are Waste times up. where mm-hmm. you have got to be voice to voice, and mm-hmm. God forbid, face to face, so that what? we could actually see someone's emotion. You know, when I was selling, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it was pre-technology. We had fax machines. So you'd you'd have to go to your office and pick up the offer, or you might actually drive and meet halfway between in a parking lot, hand the offer with the earnest check to the agent. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's that's. There's no reason to operate that way, but pick up the phone and make sure you're communicating clearly so that you are representing your clients and everybody understands clearly your position and you know or text in all capital letters like you're yelling at somebody like that's going to be helpful mm-hmm. one of the things that i hear constantly especially while the market was really hot last year um is a lack of feedback mm-hmm. uh, people people give feedback so rarely anymore it seems like and uh, i guess my question is at what point do we try to find a new method of providing feedback? If so many people are failing to provide it, what do we need to do to try to fix this issue? Obviously, it's an incredibly valuable tool for us as real estate professionals, but also for our sellers. It helps us manage expectations. It helps us explain what the seller needs to take care of. What can we do to try to, is it, is it does the association need to teach this better or what, what is it? What's, what's the deal? I think setting seller expectations. I, we have tried and tried for ever to get quality feedback. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, when you're out with your buyers and you're you're looking at ten or twenty homes, it's so they hard start oh. to blend together. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the reality is, the buyer doesn't have a lot to talk about other than no, this just wasn't the right That's house. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, Midwestern nice people mm-hmm. will will in our feedback say perfectly nice house doesn't really meet the buyer's needs. So I think it's setting seller's expectations that we're not going to get a lot of quality feedback. Maybe we so. need to manage our expectations then, too, well, and just come to grips with the fact absolutely. that we're not always going to get feedback, and it's not necessarily a big slight. It's just right. it might not happen. Well, that that's the point that, that I was going to make. There's actually several classes out there right now teaching buyer's agents to not give any feedback, that, <laughs> that at a certain aspect that giving feedback is actually a violation of the buyer agency agreement, that they're providing information that the buyer may have said in confidential conversation, whether it's good or bad, my buyer loves this house, let me know if another offer comes in. Well, now we're giving away information, you know, mm. and sometimes we do that to make sure that we can be included if multiple offers do come in. But sometimes the things we say give away a little bit too much information. And That's so a great point. There are, it is, I, I think, managing the seller's expectations that when we do get really great feedback, we need to really listen to that. But we don't want to expect that we're always going to get the feedback because there are people out there who are being told don't give any or what you are giving is just to keep out of trouble or water. So, Well, there's a lot of forms of feedback, and one mm-hmm. is the marketplace in general. Yes. Yep. So if you're a seller and your home is not receiving contracts, what more feedback do you need? you're getting feedback. You yep. just don't like it. You'd like to hear that maybe this red chair needs to be moved, mm-hmm. uh, but the reality is it's probably price. Um, you know, one of the other things that I have noticed as I think about professional courtesies and professional standards is sometimes in a seller's market, we're rushing to get a house on the market and we don't do the right thing by having professional photographs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you may get a quick offer on it, but if you 
have the photographs and you've staged the house and you've got it ready to go, you will probably get multiple offers and you'll maximize. So don't take for granted that it's easy right now and you don't need to spend the money on photographs. Um, right. You know, I tell it, it, be selfish if nothing else as a as a real estate professional and you're building your resume. So that will follow you for some time. Well, and you're starting to set a new standard that this mm-hmm. is this is what's acceptable now and it's not. Mm-hmm. Your, your standards are not what you preach, they're what you allow. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation. Well, anything else that you want to say? This is your soapbox. Get up on it. That's right. Oh, I did it's my soapbox. It's January 2nd. I mean, you are, you, you have just started, let's start the year off with some great inspirational words of wisdom from wow. Steve Moyer. No way to like fall down from that. He's built you up now. Wow. Um, I will tell you, it was, it was humbling at the uh, holiday party and the awards and installation in that usually it's it's everybody's having such a good time you can't get them to listen so i had at the end of my little remarks what i thought would be humorous because i'll be doing my regular weekly sales meetings and um, i try to watch everybody and i can see when their eyes are glazing over and you know okay he's gone way too far so i was going to tell them that you know um, i can see i've gone too far and uh, the meeting has come to an end yet i usually speak but it didn't work as everybody was listening Um, (laughs) now my remarks there were similar to what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. I, i i wanted everybody to understand that that my role as president and um david nichols role as president of heartland mls Um, we really are at the bottom of a funnel Mm -hmm. and the top of the funnel is the members it's it's all about the members they give us the ideas of what they need either through input or through their behavior we then take those ideas uh, we form committees those committees fine-tune what we're doing Uh, that all turns into the strategic plan and then we put it in the capable hands of the staff led by Kip Cooper our CEO and um, that's where things happen uh, I then went on to explain that th- that's not really where they can have the, the most impact. Their impact is in their day-to-day interactions with each other. And we have grown, and we've grown quickly. So you've got a lot of people out there that are in their first transaction. And if it doesn't go well and they make some mistakes, you know, don't be the one that's frustrated. Be that calm, level mm-hmm. head, and educate and mentor them in a very professional manner. So I think if we, if we just are respectful of each other, and if you encounter someone who's new or someone who's maybe in their 30th year but has done the same real estate year for 30 years over and over again and huh? needs some help, you know, it'd be calm and help them. Uh, I think that's in the best interest of our clients. You know, we have a fiduciary responsibility to get the best deal possible for them, and that comes when we all work together professionally. So that's and that great, was my Steve. little soapbox. That's perfect. It's awesome. You lived up to the standard and expectation that he set for you. So well wow. done, sir. He Good has job. very low standards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even, you can't no, even say anything to that. Now, Except personally, done. obviously, your wife, your family, you have very high standards. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else. Thanks, Steve. Wow. Good, Good save. Good job. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of good saves, thank you, Steve, for coming and joining us in the studio today. We really appreciate you. This has been a fun conversation. I've enjoyed it. And you guys are doing a great job. So keep it up. Thanks, Steve. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.